Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Unplug with Annie. We're continuing the series of Psyche and I have Alia on the show today who is a game and play consultant and she helps online entrepreneurs gamify their products, courses and programs. She is always very curious to study about what it means to be human as well as become playful through her study and experience, which we're going to be talking about. She has a whole bunch of degrees, including a master's in psychology. So I think human behavior is also fascinating for her, and I know it is for me. So we're going to dive deep into a conversation around the importance of bringing play into our work. Hi, Alia. Welcome to Unplug with Annie. Thanks for jumping on. Uh, hi, Annie. Thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to our chat. So you're, I mean, it's very unique what you do. I, I, I'm so curious to find out more. Um, you have, well, you, you've got, you, you've studied quite a lot, quite a broad range of different topics, but you also have a PhD in game production and you're, you are a game and play consultant. So tell us what that involves, because I definitely don't know much about it. And I'm quite sure my audience would be very curious. Sure. Uh, so, well, let's start with the game production. What does that mean? It, it means that for my doctoral studies, I studied how games are made. And so my focus was on the design of games. And in particular, I focused on uh, game designers that were independent game designers. So that means folks are not part of the big companies. They are just creating cool games on their own. And uh, so I worked with them to understand how it is that they thought, how it is that they put games together. And, um, and I also looked at it through like a cultural lens to see how our background and culture um, uh, sort of like informs, suggests the vision of how people make products, games, and things like that. And uh, so th those are sort of my studies and that led me into uh, being able to actually work as a game producer for several games and what that means is to basically someone that like manages the production of games you you um yeah so i've worked as in as someone that you know collaborates with the programmers and the artists and ensures that everything kind of comes together and that the the game itself is tested and and if there are problems sending it back to get it fixed this kind of thing so that's the role of sort of like the game producer uh it's a very challenging awesome good role but it uh, it requires a lot of hours and um, because of that, I decided that I wanted to sort of bring my game ideas or my game thinking to the online world. And I started positioning myself more as someone that helps people think more like a game designer. And I started working with entrepreneurs to like infuse their online courses or online products um, also with professionals who have offerings to corporations on how to make things more playful and more game-like in what they're making and then so i just decided to call myself a consultant because that sounded more cool and <laughs> and and yeah so that's sort of like what it means and what it does and 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 really my goal is to sort of 
um, I think we need a lot more play and, and game and fun in our world. And my goal is to, to help professionals, entrepreneurs to infuse what they do with those elements so much. There's so much seriousness in entrepreneurship, so much seriousness in business, right? We need a little bit more like fun, lightness, you know, like uh, just get out there and, and, and loosen up a bit. And uh, yeah, so, so this is my goal now is to do this for folks. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, it, it, it definitely sounds really, really interesting and, and something which I, I never knew much about until now. So um, thank you for sharing. Uh, you said something interesting, which was, you know, you also look at behaviors which lead one gamer to potentially create something very different to another person. So there is this element of looking at mindset and belief systems and how they inform the work that we do. Do you think that that is, is quite a generic thing over every, you know, which seeps into other professions as well? Or do you think that's quite specific to, to gaming and production? I think, uh, of course, it, it seeps into entrepreneurship. You know, our belief systems, our, our mindset, really how we think about the world really affects how successful of a business person you are. Um, but I also feel it, it informs in terms of design. So um, I think designers, well, as well as now I think about it, like entrepreneurs, they're really, um, you know, when you're a creative person and you're creating things and putting it, putting them out into the world, right? Um, people are gonna take whatever you produce, your products, and they're gonna consume them, right? They're gonna absorb them, whether you, you put out there a course, whether you put out there a game, whether you put out there, I don't know, some sort of cool ceramic teapot that you've created, right? People are gonna, gonna use this product. And so who you are is always gonna be a part of what you create. Mm -hmm. and, and so certainly I think the mindset from which you create it is gonna then inform what what the product does and how people consume it right um and and you can really see it like like i, I when i when i interviewed um game designers you could really see how their background culture um movies that they watched books that they read games that they played people that they encountered food that they were interested in really went into the games that they built and it, and it was a bit subconscious, right? They weren't fully aware how much of those pieces were in their new game, right? Because mm -hmm. uh, it's not like that you say, oh, I'm gonna build a game like Angry Birds, right? Right. It's more like all of who you are goes into whatever you make. And, and I think for entrepreneurship too, like, like how you are as a person um, goes into what you make. It's not just what you offer it because you could be I don't know, I'm trying to think of something like, let's say that you're a health coach or something like this. You could be a fitness coach. And sure, you could have all these programs on how you could do, I don't know, uh, eat better, lose weight, whatever. But the way you have people do it and the way, the way that you're hoping people be transformed and, and the ways you choose not to have that transformation really has to do with who you are as a person and what you've overcome in your mind. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, when you put it like that, it's like I can relate to it uh, in a lot of ways because of the acting work that I've done. So when I think about when I get a script and I look at a character, 
that's what we're trying to kind of like delve in and, and understand and, you know, peel up the layers and figure out their history um, to find out their why and, you know, why they do the things they do. So I think it's so interesting that um, it, it's actually so applicable to entrepreneurs, like you said, and, and, and in the gaming industry as well with design. Um, what does it mean to you to, to be human? I know this is a question that you raised when we spoke uh, over emails, but having studied, you know, across, across different mediums and also having traveled so much around the world, what does that mean to you? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, I think for me, there, I think to be human for me means to have the freedom to express yourself to live the way that is unique and innately yours from your heart, right? Uh, and, and I think that our true potential to, to reach, our true potential to be playful, but also, um, yeah, to, to follow our purpose. That, that's what I feel it means to be human. I, I think right now in the world, there's a, there's a lot of focus on what we are not, right? A lot of focus on the lack of being human and a lot of tension in the world. And, mm -hmm. and I actually want people to refocus and, and think of all the things that we really are. You know, we are intelligent creatures. We are capable creatures. We are playful creatures. You know, we're creatures of possibility of, of, you know, of, um, I don't know, the, uh, of purpose. And we have so much to give and so much to do. And, and that, you know, that's for me what it really means to be human. You know, we're loving, we're caring, and, and, and our brilliance uh, is yet untapped. Um, and that's what I have noticed in my travels is that even though I've lived in different places and been in different, in different environments, um people ultimately want the same things you know everywhere we go whatever your background is whatever your value you know people just want to be happy they want to be loved they want to be appreciated they want to find something that they feel joyful and good about to do um and you know they they want to love their families be helpful um I don't know. It's it's very similar. Maybe we go about it in different ways, but our but what we want is ultimately the same. And if we could focus on that, if we could focus on all the ways in which we are similar in our capacity for our human potential to to be great, to be playful and kind and loving and purposeful, uh, I think that that to me is what would be the ultimate way of being human. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with you. You, you. You've brought up this word playful a few times. So I'm curious to know, having now worked with working with startups, obviously, as a consultant and the work that you are doing with entrepreneurs, is that an element which you feel distinguishes those who go on to create a successful brand or a, a brand which really has a lot of potential to be successful versus one which doesn't. Do you feel that that is a strength that brands have who go on to become successful? Or do you feel that playfulness is just needed all around? Um, 
Well, this is really wonderful that you asked this. I would say it's a little bit of both. We do need playfulness to go all around and definitely brands, it, it, you don't need to have a, a playful brand in order to be successful. There's certainly very like posh brands out there who don't carry this playfulness, but, but are very well curated. Um, but I do feel that when you're a business owner, you sort of have to have this playful mindset because being a business owner, an entrepreneur, whether you're in the startup world, whether you're in the online world, requires so much of you and you're constantly having obstacles in your way. You're constantly not only facing obstacles in terms of learning to get to the next step, but also within yourself, right? If, if you've never done something before and you can get really tripped up with all kinds of um, thoughts or negative thoughts about whether you're capable, whether you're not capable. Um, and and there, there are times where, where you're doing everything possible to make your business successful and nothing is happening and there's no movement. And that's when it really requires you to sort of like release and let go, go out and play um, and think of it more. Think of building a business more like a game or more like a playful activity. Sort of it requires this switch, like, like not this um, survival mentality, like I'm gonna have to make this successful, but just more this playful, mentality okay i'm gonna try this out if it doesn't work okay try next right and mm. and even and then okay i'll try this now oh that worked okay i'll do more of that you know so it's sort of this testing trying playing and and when you get stuck because you do get stuck at points where no matter what you're doing in that moment you just feel down because there are moments like this you know business and and creating a business is not um, you know, they say it's not for the faint of heart. It can be quite challenging. And I'm sure as an actress, you know, that, you know, you, you for roles and like, sometimes you even, you could perform the very best, you know, audition and still like, you don't get the role, right? It's yeah. your control. So, um, so it's like this in business. So then what, it's what you do in those moments where things didn't work out that defines you as a business owner. And in my case, if I'm having one of those days where I'm sort of like stuck mentally, I can't move forward, I just stop work and I go and I do something playful. And, and you know, playfulness can be defined in different ways for different people there. Uh, Stuart Brown talks about that there's different types of play personalities. And so my case, you know, I'm sort of like, uh, slide, uh, something called a director and joker. So I like funny stuff. I like being funny. I like jokes and things like this. So I will go and do something that feels really funny. W watch like a comedy thing, go for a walk, you know, throw the leaves up in the air. If it's like right now it's fall, you know, so, so it's, it's, it's really having both the mindset that the building a business or that life is sort of this game to play and test in. And then when you can't get there because something has happened and sort of like got you, you know, down, uh, then say, okay, stop. I'm just going to take time now off to play. I'm not going to keep pushing. You know, I'm just going to go play and have fun or maybe call a friend or, 
or gosh, sometimes I've just had like a beer in the middle of the day. I'm like, yep, it's beer day. I'm going to sit here in the park, drink my beer, look at the ducks, you know, uh, or I'll call a friend and play a game, you know, over Zoom or whatever. And uh, yeah, so, so, so it's really more like a, a mindset thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you said a few very interesting things, and it's it's so interesting how this thinking it almost has to also be very um, how how can I put it? Like you have to really believe you have to be playing for the right reasons, right? As well, it can't just be a a, a facade where we we just pretend we're going to play and forget about the worries, and um, because I think that has a, a very different effect. So what essentially are you saying, are you saying that somewhere we need to become more detached from the outcome as well? It's not a means, it's not like, you know, to meet an end necessarily. It's, it, if it works out, it's great. But if it doesn't work out, we're also good. Yes, it's a bit like that while still holding on to the goal, which is interesting. So, so you are sort of, um, I don't know, let, let's say I have this goal of, um, uh, I, let's say I have an online course, right? And so let's say I have a goal that every month I want 100 people to sign up to my course, right? And I do all the things, but then this month no one signed up, right? Or like we, you didn't meet that goal. And then you're like, okay, but I still stay with that goal, right? And then next month it's still uh, that goal, but then still you don't meet it. And it's like, you just, it's, it's both like, okay, I'm still going to stick with that goal. Right. right. You don't, you keep po focusing and making sure and putting energy, but then when you don't make it, you have to like, let yourself off the hook. You're like, like what, what, what have I done? Right. What could I do more? But also like, it's okay. If I didn't make it, I will make it. Maybe it didn't come up where it didn't happen at the time that I thought. So it, it, it has this, yes, it's a bit detached as you suggest, but it's also like, like you also don't let go of your idea of your vision just because it didn't work out the first time or the second time or the third time. You keep holding on to the vision no yeah. matter what. Yeah. 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 That's so good. So you've also, you've traveled and lived in many different countries, um, which I think is, is, there's probably like a playful element in all of that as well. Um, do you find that the, the nomadic nature of, of your work and, and having done that, do you find that challenging or do you see it as being quite a positive thing? Do you miss the, do you sort of envy people who, who have that one specific base or is this something that you literally thrive off? It's, it's also a bit of both. I do envy people who are, have like, I, I love when I hear stories and I meet people and they, they tell me that they've lived in their little town their whole life and all their friends are from their childhood and, uh, you know, like their parents all knew each other and then they all had babies at the same time and so they grew up with this group of friends and they're super tight and, and you know, yeah. they met their partner there and now, you know, like, and, and they're happy with, with doing that and doing that and hanging out with their friends and, oh, yeah, I, I do envy that kind of life and at the same time, I cannot help it. I think because I was so young when we first started moving I was um, just a, at the cusp of becoming a teenager when, when I started moving to different places. 
um, that it's sort of now I'm sort of wired for that change. And if, if I don't have it, if I'm not constantly moving, I get bored. So I, I have this wiring of, of newness, of wanting to be newness. And still, I don't, I don't have this, there's a lot of people out there who are digital nomads who are, who are in places for like a week or two weeks or a month and then they move to some other place. Um, that's not what I do. I find, I basically, I find like a hub. I go and I find a hub, a location where I can sort of build some friends, some friendships, and then I will use that as like my launching pad to then travel to other places until it feels like that my time in that place is done and then I move to another hub. So, right. so this is how I do it. Yeah. So considering then that obviously 2020 gave us a pandemic and <laughs> the world is not quite um, how we knew it, how has that proven to be a challenge for you specifically as someone who, who travels a lot? Yeah, so what it means is that um, I ended up saying I didn't travel as much, uh, of course, but it didn't mean that I didn't travel at all, which, which is really unique. I mean, this, this year, um, I started off in Amsterdam, and then um, I took a trip to Bali in Indonesia, uh, which was my vacation. And then while I was there, because of everything that happened, I was grounded in Indonesia. So un I had an unplanned time and I was in Indonesia for five months. And then, and then I came back to Amsterdam uh, and decided that I wanted to be more fluid. <laughs> and so I left. I moved out of my Amsterdam apartment and then I, I went to Austria for a little bit and now I'm in Munich. So I think what it means is that I'm not traveling outside my hubs, but it, 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 I am still moving from hub to hub when it's possible, right? So I use the, the gaps within the laws of the different countries to then hop to the next country when it's possible. Um, mm. And I think it also means that whoever you are or whatever you are, I was discussing this with a friend. It's very important that we don't stop being ourselves within it, but find more creative ways to still do it, right? Um, I'm someone who travels. And I think if I didn't travel, um, it, it would be like sort of like cutting a part, a part away from me. So it's more about, okay, how, how can I travel um, safely and, uh, and with integrity in the middle of what's happening without also compromising who I am? And, and that's really, yeah, that's sort of how I try to answer this and, and, and figure it out. So um, right now I'm, I'm in Munich, uh, things are, uh, they recommend that you don't travel for, you know, for, um, or rather limit travel and only travel when it's necessary, right? So I will have to make a decision about what is necessary or not necessary. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm not gonna then completely stop. Maybe means waiting until it opens up a bit more and then go to my next location or yeah, or I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know it, it, it's just, it's a crazy time for everyone in different ways. I suppose it's, it's 
in in one way i feel like there is disconnection but then there's also this sense of feeling united over this shared experience which is crazy and talking about connection and disconnection then we're obviously living in an age where we can stay super connected via social media via technology like we're you know we're, we're doing this podcast remotely and there's incredible benefits to that obviously but at the same time we seem to be a generation which is more disconnected than ever um you know things like depression and anxiety are on the increase uh, mental health is being talked about in a way that it's never really been spoken about before and then of course we've experienced this pandemic which has sort of uh i suppose highlighted these these issues even more and brought them to the light and challenged us in ways which we you know we never thought would have happened in our lifetime how have you specifically felt challenged in regards to this because of the travel like ha has there been more isolation than normal and how do you think that we can retain this sense of true connection even in a time like this and even barring the pandemic just considering the amount we use technology as opposed to actually meeting people and having conversations yes i i it has been much more challenging um I think there's a there's a few things that I've done to sort of um, try to make it a little bit easier, and th the first is um, when I when I was in Bali, I was able to find a group of people that I could connect with and meet with, and that was really helpful. There was just maybe four or five of us, right? So so that finding a group wherever I am. Um, is important to have some sort of face-to-face -face contact. Uh, it became much more difficult here in Germany and um, and I had to spend a lot of time alone and I definitely felt those dips in emotion that you're talking about where where you can feel so lonely and isolated and so there there's a couple of things that I do um, Person personally, is is that um, I've sort of figured out this rhythm of how long I can go without seeing someone before I really don't feel good, right? And and I mean physically, because of course I have contact daily with people digitally, mm -hmm. right? But you know that feeling, it's not the same digital, like like yes, you can talk to someone on the phone or 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 have a video chat, but actually, the power of a physical body next to you is so we it's so important. And so I figured out that I can that I can go that every four days I have to see someone. I have to make it happen and see another human and and a human friend, not just like someone at a cafe, which is what was what I used to do and just chat <laughs> with a cafe person, but a, a human person. Um, so once I sort of know my rhythm, I, I make an effort to ensure that that happens every fourth day so I can feel good. And, and so, you know, I think a tip I would give people is figuring out what your rhythm is and how often you need to connect with people, real people, not just digitally, um, in order to feel good. The other thing is that I really have a strong, like playful, creative practice every morning. Um, I do things that make me feel good and I, I am like uh, 
viciously committed to that practice and 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 it, it got even stronger when this whole pandemic happened because i felt i need to really build the strength from within for myself to really get through what's happening. And, and especially when we can see things in social media or in digital things where it appears that other people are doing better or more successful, or maybe in certain countries there's more freedom and they can still have coffee and then you can't or whatever the thing is, yeah. then you have to kind of think of a way to really strengthen your heart, your being. You know, I'm a spiritual person, so, so I use my faith for that. Um, but, but whatever it is that brings you joy, like I think for me, like tapping into that joy first thing in the morning, I, 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 I have like a, a practice of being thankful. I ask, you know, I, I think of all the things that I'm thankful for, my health, my family, the fact that I could travel so much this year in the middle of everything that's happening. And then I have other things that I do, like usually, like I said, really like uh, YouTube uh, comedians, like influencers that have funny shows. So I, <laughs> I, I find some and I watch them in the morning and they make me laugh and then read something inspirational, you know, and I just really, I don't start my day until I've really built myself with this joy and playfulness and fullness in my, and also exercise. And, um, and that really helps um, sort of like build my character and be able to, to then, uh, you know, um, yeah, like, like have some sense of myself in the middle of this whole like digital, digital world. And, and like I said, then figuring out how often I need to see someone. Mm -hmm. um, uh, there, that's one part of us and and I like it because at least we're in touch at least we have that now right if you were to ask 30 years ago if this had happened maybe people could talk on the phone but that's it at least we can still talk to hundreds of people right all over absolutely so so I think that's also a beautiful part about our digital connection today yeah yeah no i mean i absolutely agree right now in london we are in lockdown too um so there was an aspect and i was in india from feb till june and kind of got caught up over there and <laughs> and it was um it was much 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 more stricter and uh, more of the sense of really being in lockdown that when i came to london i was kind of like oh you know this is this is great, can, can go out for a walk at least, can do, and so it felt freer. Yeah. And, then, and then India seemed to have opened up, but we've gone into now lockdown two again, and now it just feels like, oh, you know, looking at the grass, thinking the grass is greener on the other side. Um, it, it's so interesting that how our brains deceive us into this kind of thinking, for sure. Um, my last question to you, Alia, would be that, in, since you've worked with, you know, you've worked with brands, the kind of work that you're doing with entrepreneurs and startups, and in your opinion, from your experience of, you know, success and, and, and those who maybe go on to not be so successful, is there this one quality or character trait or something that is shared that you really think all the successful people you know, they, they really, they have this quality, they harness this quality. And um, if so, what would that be? If you had to pick one 
as to being quite <laughs> is it multiple yeah yeah i think there's well i think there's a quality and then there's an and there's an approach okay so, so i would say in terms of a quality i think the quality i would say is courage courageous because it's not about um that that people aren't fearful but but i find that successful entrepreneurs and successful businesses are constantly trying constantly seeing constantly testing constantly getting themselves out there like it's it's not about safety it's about constantly testing your limits of what's possible and it is scary it is so scary to do something you've never done before and you don't know if it's gonna flop or if it's gonna be good and your livelihood and the livelihood of your business is dependent on it so it takes a lot of courage to just take these risks and it's constant it's not like you take this big risk and then whoo done next like just when you think you've reached that level something else so what is the approach that i'm talking about the the approach i find in success is always always having good mentorship so having someone there who has, is beyond where you are that can always support you and guide you is key to any person I've seen be successful. I think um, the other quality is of support of peers, always surrounding yourself with people who are doing what you're doing in order to support you and, and give you feedback and help you sort of like at your level. And I think the the third has to do with uh, constantly working on on your mindset um, because it 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 is whenever it is that you you're not able to do something in business or you can't get to the next level it really has to do with limitations that you have in your mind about what you're capable of or what you're not capable of and so inside you can have this you know um, personality or this this aspect of being courageous um, but i think you also have to be smart and set yourself up for success by by having mentorship support and in a way to constantly recheck your mindset and and help you go beyond your own limiting beliefs and things like this yeah yeah amazing thank you well well thanks for coming on and and sharing a little bit about your journey and what you're doing and it's yeah it definitely sounds really really exciting and i hope that the rest of the year is fruitful whatever we have left of it <laughs> uh, yeah yeah thank you so much for having me it's been really fun and that was the end of another episode on Unplug with Annie. We're continuing this series next week. Until then, stay tuned with everything Unplug on the IG and Facebook page, Unplug with Annie, and also the website, www.unplugwithannie.com. If you'd like to sign up to the newsletters, you can do so on the website, and you will receive special newsletters every week, way before Sunday's release, so you get to know ahead of time who Sunday's guest is a little more more in-depth detail about the guest um, and lots more of course so stay tuned till next week